there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Curry, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. I am back. Uh, thank you for uh, bearing with me. I did not have an episode last week because we had COVID over here in the um, in the home, in the travel and shit home. We have uh, been pretty um, down and out for um, quite a bit. Um, we both got COVID around the same time my symptoms hit I want to say like a day or two before his but we are on the mend we are doing better happily to um to say we're both vaccinated and boosted so thank god because it could have gone anyway for anybody regardless of your status but I'm very glad that we got vaccinated and boosted because if that's what it felt with all of those uh protections i definitely don't want to know what it was like uh without so shout out to all of y'all who sadly had covid without a vaccine um and for those of you that had like really really bad um covid experiences thankfully at least in my experience it was a really long drawn out cold the beginning was total shit um but Honestly, I think I've been, in my experience, thankfully, I've had other illnesses um, that I have, like, I won't say that was the worst time I've ever been sick. Um, So very, very um, glad that it wasn't that bad. I'm hoping that we don't get it again, because that is also very much so an option. And um, I don't want to go through that again. Don't want to do it again. So it wasn't the worst, but don't want to do it again. There, um, that's for, that's the most of the big um, announcement. There was no episode last week, but I'm back. Um, I came across a tweet, diving right into the episode. Um, Jennifer Lewis is finally getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I personally thought she already had one. really swore that she did but unless this was like an older tweet but it got me to thinking and that is the point of bringing that up damn i wish it was there when i was there because i've been to la it was i think i was there for maybe two three nights um and it the Hollywood Walk of Fame is kind of like going to Times Square. You do it to say you've done it. It's not, um, for me, it wasn't like an earth shattering experience or anything crazy like that. Um, but it's a fun fucking gimmick. When you go, you have a good time, you enjoy it, move the fuck on, right? <clears throat> so I was saying to myself, I wish I would have been able to see her star when I was there. And it kind of got me to thinking about other times that I feel as if, damn, I just missed it. Or 
things that I was able to be there for and things that I unfortunately did not get to do while I was in the area. So it's kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a FOMO episode, but more in line with, um, I just looked up another one, um, in the nick of time. Right. So my first and most regretful, and I think once I get into it, you'll kind of get more of the tone and where I'm going with this. Right. My most regretful, just fucking missed it was in Cuba. If you're watching on the YouTubes, I'm pointing to it, this right here. So if you're new here, welcome. I have a travel sleeve on my right forearm going up to what I want to say. What's the inside? Is that the bicep? The bicep is the back, right? And the tricep is the top, T for top. I think that's how it goes. Um, But I've got a half sleeve. One of the tattoos goes, it extends up my tricep, I guess, the inside of my arm, um, the inside, the top part of my arm. Anyway, you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it, right? So I collect tattoos when I travel and I haven't gotten one in all the countries that I've been to, but when the opportunity presents itself, when I, um, either randomly walk into a shop or whether I, um, not reserve or schedule an appointment. And and by schedule, I mean, I touch down, I land, have a good time, realize, huh, maybe I want to get a tattoo. And then I'll just Google places in the area and see if they have availability same day, next day. I It's within the time that I'm being there. So I've never scheduled something partial lie. I'm about to get to that one. I've never scheduled, except for my Cuba tattoo. I have not scheduled something um, like, very far in advance. I don't travel for tattoo artists. That's another point to make. I don't really care who tattoos. I would have, I would love, I've had some better artists than not. I'd say the coolest artist and the one that I connected most with was for this one inside my arm, the uh, To Be Young, Gifted in Black. Um, I got that one in Vermont, Rich. Original Arts is the name of his studio in not Johnson, but like in the college town. Um, it's it, the name is missing me right now, but Original Arch, Arts, that's and it's, it's spelled really cool. It's O R I C H A N A L. A Rich, oh no, his name is Rich, his name is Richard, and instead of original, it's original. All right. So just play with some spellings of that. He was the best tattoo artist. I think that he was the coolest and very close runner up was this mountain piece um, on the back of my arm. I don't remember his name, but I got inked by him in Tel Aviv. So I have a tattoo uh, sleeve. I collect them where I go, pop in or call a couple of days in advance and schedule out a piece. Right. I planned for this very highly rated tattoo spot in Cuba. So Cuba is one of those places where it's not legal, but it's not illegal. It's one of those kind of places where I would not randomly pop into a shop 
Cuba was kind of like that. I'd say in fairness, probably the feeling of that is at your own risk, right? Where you want to make sure that the proper equipment and tools have made their way to the shop that you decide to go to um, and that they are sterilized before they are used on you or anyone, honestly. But all that being said, it took quite a bit to find a studio that I felt safe and confident getting um, a tattoo in because as lightly as I take getting tattoos for the most part, I'd say as by taking lightly, I'd say I'm, I have tears <laughs> to them. I don't think tattoos are like that big of a deal. However, I'm not a randomly walk in, open a book, choose something. I go in with an idea. I generally customize my, my pieces. I am by no stretch of the imagination an artist, but I know I'm able to decide what I want when it comes to a tattoo. I am open to some flexibility in terms of like artistic, you know, rain, like what are your skill sets? Are you heavy lines? Are you fine lines? I'm open for that kind of interpretation, right? I'm very open to um, an artist giving me a little razzle dazzle, if you will. That being said, I really been looking forward to the piece that I had scheduled to get done in Cuba. Now, the most important thing about getting tattoos. Oh, I had mentioned, that's where I was. I was on the tears, the tears of where the tattoos are. I don't take them very seriously in getting them. However, on a scale of like one to 10, in terms of what I'm getting, I'm a 10. Like I, I'm not going to let you decide what I get. I already know what I want when I get into um, the studio. I'm just open to some interpretation and some things I'll leave open-ended. So that's completing the thought on um, the scale. Now, when it comes to um, the tattoo that I was scheduled to get in Cuba, the thing that you, if you don't have them, need to know is that you can't just, it's the time, right? If you are planning on going on the beach, if you're planning on being on the sun, if you're planning on getting dirty, if you're planning on doing anything strenuous, like that may affect a certain area, like I wouldn't get a tattoo and then go rock climbing. And by get a tattoo, it's always going to be on my right arm um, in terms of the travel sleeve. I do have tattoos in other places. However, when I'm traveling, I do not get this inked in my home state. I live in New York. I don't care if it's another state. I don't care if it's another country. I just won't get anything. I've never tattooed this arm in New York. And I like to keep it that way. Um, that being said, you got to figure out when on your vacation you want to get it done. And you have to kind of have an idea of what you're going to do so that you can um, get inked and it doesn't get infected or you're not hitting it, aggravating it, irritating it, touching it, and all that other kind of shit. I knew that I was doing sun and beaches and fun and water and all the moving around the strenuous shit. And I was unaware of second skin at the time. Second skin, the first one, yeah, was like the second to last one. Uh, I think this is the second to last one. And this was only a year ago. That's the first time I discovered second skin. None of these had second skin except for that one and my most recent one. Second skin basically is a layer of plastic. It's like adhesive plastic. So it's like 
all sticky side. The sticky side sticks to the fresh tattoo and your surrounding skin, and it keeps it protected and clean, dry, and all of that kind of shit. I didn't know about second skin when I was starting the tattoos. That was not really something that the shops that I had popped into here and there offered as an option. That being said, I knew that I needed to wait till the end of my trip. So I ended up doing all my sun and fun. And then I scheduled the tattoo like the day before I was leaving towards like the middle end of the day. Well, the end of the day, I think it was for like five o'clock. Now I had an in, an incredible fucking day. Like it was a that was my day of first. That's what I call it. I did so many things for the first time on that trip. That was the day that we went uh, rock climbing. Uh, not rock climbing. We went rock jumping, rock diving, whichever it is. So we jumped off the cliff into the water, swam in a cave. I went snorkeling for the first time. I tried like non GMO fucking fruit juices for the first time. This was the first time I'd never um, like I hadn't had. Um, like very American-esque chemically fruit. Um, so many firsts. So I scheduled the tattoo for after that. I had spoken with the host, kind of got a feel for when we were supposed to arrive. And I figured I had more than enough time to get there, a taxi from the drop-off point to where I was going to be getting the tattoo. Long and the short, I missed the fucking appointment. I was about 30 minutes late, maybe an hour late. Um, because the group of people that I made friends with on that day tour, that day trip, we had an incredible time. We all ended up taking a taxi in the same general location. I was the last person to get out because my stop was, um, like the last one that was, it was the furthest out. Everybody else was getting dropped off beforehand. One fucking asshole ended up going, taking a shit and a shower and all that other kind of shit. Took his fucking time. We waited for him for about fucking 30 minutes to run inside, to run inside and come back out. That's the shit that put me the fuck back. And he was the white boy. I didn't even like him on the, I did. He was the one out of the one, two, three, four of them. Out of the four of them, he was the only person that I wasn't fond of. Everybody else was mad cool with. I actually met, um, Kenna my episode three or four guest, um, non-binary travel, mad dope. Um, so I met them that trip and the gentleman that I'm saying that I do not like was, um, kind of like the fling or the boyfriend or like the partner, if you will, of one of the girls that I'd met that day. So Missed the fucking tattoo appointment. I got there. I asked, you know, the person at the front desk. I was like, yep, sorry I'm late. Uh, event before this ran super long. Will you still be able to see me? It's a little late. I'll check with the artist and see what they say. Went and checked with the artist. Artist said no. I am very much so, and especially when it comes to artists and creatives, I respect your price and I respect your time. Um, if you say the price is one thing, I'm not going to argue you and negotiate you. Like your price is your fucking price. Either I'm willing to spend it or I'm not. And in a lot of cases, I am not willing to spend for certain things. Um, but in this case, I already knew what the price was going to be. I was on board with, I think it was going to be like $70, something ridiculously inexpensive when it comes to a tattoo, especially. Um, but the time I get it, I'm late. I don't know what the fuck this person has to do. Do they have a new child? Do they have a partner? Do they just not want to be there? Do they have, it could have been anything and it could have been nothing. The point is I was very late for the appointment and they weren't able or they weren't willing to squeeze me in. That being said, there is so much space on the inside of my wrist 
and I would love to have something there, but I still have the tattoo in my mind and I am somewhat committed to getting that in Cuba. Um, I'm still interested in the actual tattoo, but not as much as I was when it was like on my mind. So there's that. I, that, that is the one, one like act. I won't say regret because I had so much fun, but I have, it's a very conflicting emotion in that experience, in that space, because while I had so much fun doing that event, when I tell you, like, I really, really wanted that tattoo. And still to this day, like, I do not feel any less disappointed about not having the tattoo than I, than I was then. Um, am I over it? Yes. However, still disappointed. Uh, next one. Carnival in Guadalupe. So I was in Guadalupe right before uh, COVID hit. So that was 2020. I went in January. Right before I left, Carnival was the, the following week. I've never been to Carnival in any country except for Toronto, which is like the biggest one, if you ask me. Unless you're going to like Trinidad or uh, like um, another very Caribbean country. I mean, Toronto is it, right? However... They were having carnival, like it, I want to say the first like major event was supposed to happen, or at least the first major event that I would have been able to go to. I'm sure there were other um, events across the island, but like in the area where I was, one of the events that I saw was going to be like a day or two after I returned back in New York was near where I was staying. And it looked mad interesting. And I've never been to um, carnival anywhere except for the time that I did go to Toronto Carnival but I was like 12. I was 12. I didn't get to experience that the way that I as an an adult, a grown, fully grown adult would like to experience Carnival. So, um that would have been nice. It still wouldn't have been like um you know, a very lively, drunk, fun in the sun dance 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 experience solo as it would be now because when we do go at some point I couldn't get the time off for this year but when we finally do go my partner and I that's going to be so much more fun because I have my man with me so I won't feel as if I have to like whereas out and about by myself in public two drinks might be my limit three maybe depending on the drinks. Like I would never want to be in like a, a large experience or in a large environment like that fucked up. Like I would never be toe up by myself outside. Not my jab, not my jam, not my bag. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. I have too much going on in my mind for me to ever feel safe in that kind of an environment. So I'm looking forward to a carnival experience. So I know I would have had a good time, but I know I would have had a different time than I intend to have when the time actually does come to have. So I don't necessarily like, oh my God, I'll never, I don't want to go again because like that was the it experience it was going to be. Like that wasn't going to be the it experience for me. At least I don't think it would be. So while it would have been bomb, eh, it is what it is, right? Um, Another one, London. Big Ben was under construction when I went. 
So I had a long night in London and I almost didn't leave the hostel at all. I ended up having probably an anxiety attack in the airport. Just, I sat and cried for like three, four hours. I could not figure out a hostel to stay in. I had overdrafted in the bank on my, the debit card. I had a credit card, but it was an Amex. And at the time, I this was probably the third country I'd been in, the third or fourth country that I'd been in in a week. I was fucking exhausted and I, I just couldn't think. I could not think. I was stressed. I was tired. And I I was making terrible decisions. I, was, I wasn't making decisions at all. I was just sitting there. So by the time I finally did settle on a hostel, all I did was change the card attached to my Hostel World account. Some hostels won't take Amex, but I think Hostel World does. I think that was the loophole that I got. And I had cash on me. Like I had cash, but I wanted to book the hostel before I got there. I wanted to have that confirmation that there was a bed, a room, one, and a bed. And that was another thing. I was really stressing about a room. Like I could not find any all female rooms. I could only find co-ed rooms and I was not comfortable staying in a mixed gender room where I'm by myself. I don't know these niggas. So I did not want to be in that, uh, type of living quarters, if you will, not even overnight, but thankfully the room that I think it was actually a co-ed dorm, but it was only four bunks and it ended up only being me and one other woman. And she was mad cool. She, I had a homegirl that I was talking to from the States. What's up, Sharmila? She got me out of my head and was just like, girl, you ain't get that far not to go experience London. So go out and see London. So between her and the sweet mate that I had, who was just like, well, I'm going clubbing. I'm going to the disco. <laughs> the disco sick. I'm pretty sure she referred to it as that because I remember my brother jokingly always called it that. We ended up going to, well, she was getting dressed, which honestly, she looked like she was still like in 2013, 2000. She was giving me really 2012 at max. Like I'm watching, I actually started rewatching TN's Mara's reality show after a thread on Twitter. And I'm looking at the fashions and I'm like, my God, this is really what we looked like. And... That's what she was giving in 2020. So, and I had like on a flannel button up, some jeans and a pair of like hiking boots. I think I was tray chic, very cute if you ask me. But she was looking at me like, yeah, I don't think you can get it in that. No, I, I, I don't think you can. And I was just like, this is all I got and I'm not changing. So she was just like, well, how about you just share the taxi with me? Like it can get you at least into the city and you can go far enough that you take a tram. I mean, like, a, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, a train or you just don't go that far. Then you walk back and I'm just like, all right, I'll go for a walk. So she dropped me off maybe like a mile or two from like Buckingham palace. It's a really straight shot. However far away it was, I could see it from where we were. So that was pretty cool. And then I just walked around and it was such a good time. I had a great time, but there are certain things that you look forward to seeing when you do internet. Well, not even just international travel. If I went to fucking Seattle, well, I did go to Seattle. Did I see the needle? Is that needle? Yeah, I think I did. Um, let's say if you, where are the arches? St. Louis. If I go to St. Louis, I want to see the fucking arches. Is it 
where's the bean? Like that big silver metal bean looking thing. It looks like a like a glob of water or something. Is that Chicago, Cincinnati? I don't know. But you go to certain cities and you want to see like the really touristy shit, right? Why not? Big Ben was under construction. And by under construction, I mean it had like a ton of scaffoldings all around it so you could barely see the clock at all. So, you know, it was a little disappointing, underwhelming, um, and it rained. So uh, the only thing that I really got like a good uh, shot of was that red eye Ferris wheel. It was cool. It was cool. And I ended up just really enjoying London for it being another city. Sometimes you have to step outside of your head and let go of like your tourist experience and just experience a new city. Walk around it like it's your city. Look around, you know, look at the buildings, look at the street. How do the people keep their homes? Like some neighborhoods are just really cute neighborhoods. And sometimes it's just nice to feel normal in an unnormal place. I happen to enjoy that. I'm one of those people that walks around when I travel, I really just love going for a walk and just taking in regular neighborhoods with, um, me being not regular to the area. You know, I enjoy it. So while I missed out on the very touristy moment of it all, I didn't miss out on the experience of it all. So I am glad that I did do something, even though it wasn't what I had in mind, I missed out on that. Um, another really disappointing, like just missed it, like in the nick of time kind of thing was the fucking Harley store in Rome. So my dad is a Harley Davidson lover. He's got a bike. He's had it for years. Loves that thing. Um, he's got another motorcycle that he never drives. Um, Harley's his jam. That's his bag. That is his, um, what's that? That's his Supreme. Harley Davidson is supreme if to my dad is that I'm assuming that that's still a very popular streetwear um, line. I am a, I'm an aesthetics girl. I'm not a label girl. I know what looks I like. I like, I know what feels and designs and colors I'm going for in my fashions, if you will, in my clothes, my entire, the look is a better way to put it. I know what I want my look to look like, but the label doesn't matter. So I'm trying to think of like a label that the girls like. So, um, yeah, Harley is my dad's Supreme loves the shit. Whenever you see him, he's got something Harley on, I promise. Um, unless it's an Adidas tracksuit. Those are his go-betweens. It's either a Harley t-shirt and like some work clothes, like work stuff. And he will always look like he's ready to fix your car. So he'll be in a Harley and like some jeans that he could maybe or maybe not get dirty, or he'll be like an Adidas tracksuit. Um, every once in a while, he'll hit you with an in the middle, like a, okay, so it's just jeans and a t-shirt, but not like work shirt or work pants. He's a good egg though. My dad's always working. He's always doing something and he's retired, but not going there. So one of the things that I enjoy doing is stopping by Harley Davidson shops, little stores, wherever I am and picking up the cheapest t-shirt they have. Cause I've bought him nice things and he is one of those very sentimental slash I wasted my money on you kind of people where he will say, Oh yeah, I didn't want to mess it up. Well, did you wear, I bought him like this fly ass, like silk robe from Thailand, I think. 
And like, I don't think the niggas ever worn it because he doesn't want to mess it up. It's a fucking robe, bro. I remember buying him like at the time it was like a $70 button up. And this was probably like when I was in college. And for me, that was a big deal because to this day, I don't even spend $70 on, well, sometimes I do, but I don't really, I'm not a $70 shirt girl. Give me a white tee. I'm happy. Right. That being said, that was bread that I dropped. And it might've actually been more than $70. Because it's a Harley Davidson. Anyway, I bought him the shirt and for like five years he wouldn't wear the shit because he kept saying he didn't want to mess it up. Like he did and and I get it, but it's just like here we are at a nice event, at an occasion where a look is needed and I don't see the look that I would have put you. Where's the shirt? Yeah. Um, say all that to say, I enjoy going to Harley stores to buy my dad a t shirt, a cheap one. And I'd gone out of my way, taken a taxi to an area, like a part of the town that I would not have visited otherwise, just to go to the nearest Harley store. And I think that I'd gotten there what should have been at least an hour or 30 minutes before they closed. Like I was, I had enough time. Like I wasn't trying to skate in there three minutes before they closed, right? Like, I'm pretty certain I had at least an hour or 30 minutes. The bitch was closed. Like, I went out of my way to go to this store and they were closed. I was so butthurt. And part of it was because I feel like my dad had mentioned it, like, earlier. And I feel like I may have had, like, another opportunity. I think I was actually in, like, the touristy area. No, that may not have been it. I don't know. Either way, I fucking missed it. And I was so pissed because I went out of my way. Like I could have done something else that was fun. And it's not that, (coughs) excuse me. And it's not that I like didn't want to get the shirt or I was too busy to get the shirt. I never mind doing stuff like that. But it's that in the moment that I needed to get it done before I was leaving and when I was the closest to it, it was just going out of my way. And I would have preferred to have gotten it done earlier, but I didn't. By the time I got there, they were closed. I was so pissed. I ended up probably walking back to where I was staying for like 40, I think it was like a 45 minutes to an hour walk. Um, It was a nice walk. Again, I'm a walker, especially when I'm traveling, a bitch will walk. but I was really disappointed because I really wanted to bring that back for my dad. And I know he was looking forward to that one in particular too. Um, so hmm, that one hurt. I was sad, but, um, yeah, that one was another just missed it kind of opportunity. Um, also in Rome, I'd gone to St. What's the cathedral out there? Is it St. Peter's Basilica? I want to say that's the saint. It's like the really big church out there. I'm going to St. Peter's Basilica. Um, I spent quite a bit of time there. I love churches. I will not go to church for service, but I enjoy the structures. I enjoy the buildings. Churches are freaking gorgeous to me. And just, it's the, I think it's the one, I won't say the one singular place in my life, but it is probably the biggest, um, I just love the ornateness of churches. I love the detail and the craftsmanship that is always poured into churches and places of worship. Um, Other than that, 
for me personally, like I'll go to your your wedding or something. I'll go to your funeral, but I'm I'm just not uh practicing anything, right? Um so I went there were actually two really bomb churches. One couldn't tell you what the name of it is. I was randomly walking around on one of those walks that I do. And I was going down like a side street and there was like a doorway. It was, it looked like such a quaint, cute little church, but like tucked away someplace. And I don't know if it was just the entrance that I went in was tucked away. And there may have been like a really grand, massive entrance on another side. But when I got inside, it was gorgeous. It was, it was so much larger than it looked from the outside, but it just felt so nice. And so I spent a lot of time walking randomly around there. And then I made my way to, uh, I don't know if it was the same day, but then I also went to St. Peter's Basilica and I, um, I spent a lot of time there. I actually did come as close to prayer as I'm gonna get, um, there. That was actually during the time that my grandpa was not doing well. Um, I've since lost both of my grandfathers, but this was when my grandpa was really going through, um, one of my grandpa, my maternal grandfather was going through chemo and radiation. Um, so it was difficult. It was a rough time, but I had a really good time. If that makes sense while I was at St. Peter's Basilica, it, I needed that kind of beat. Like I needed to kind of slow down and just think and um, liked that experience outside of what was weighing on my heart at the time. The experience there was needed for then. Um, But in hindsight, I probably should have saved the Basilica for the end, because by the time I tried to make my way further into Vatican City, I really wanted to go see the Sistine Chapel and all that shit, uh, the Vatican, but they were closed. And it was relatively early. I think it closed at like three o'clock or something like that. And by the time I left, I was looking up like which direction to walk to get wherever I wanted to go next. And I just missed it. So the Sistine Chapel, um, You know, again, the touristy things that you look forward to seeing when you know you're going to a certain area, that was a disappointment, but it wasn't like a huge disappointment. Like I didn't stand there and cry. I ended up walking towards, I want to say, what is that? The hand of truth or the mouth of truth or something. You know, the, it's like um, a statue or something in a wall and you put your man, your hand in there and I'm sure there's a legend or some shit of what's supposed to happen. But first of all, I got there and there was a line. And when I looked at it, I was just like, okay, I can see it. I, I don't need to put my hand in it. Like I don't need that picture. That's another thing. I really hope this is going to sound like shade. And I don't intend it as shade because I know there's a lane for everything. And I know that at one point I did consider being that influencer girl, like the beautiful pictures, the really flowy, big, like the, like the blue dress in Greece, right? Like the, the flowy picturesque, very edited, um, manicured feed. If you follow me on the, the Instagrams, you know, that's definitely not me. I do not 
post that often. Um, I try to post more so when I have something to say. Um, but I say all that to say, I do not see myself being the very, um, curated feed kind of girl now that I don't see that for now. Um, maybe a variation of that, that works for me, but in terms of getting the shot, I'm not there. I, I, it, I, a lot of those things just don't matter to me, but I realize how important they are in storytelling for a lot of people. I understand that that also does draw attention to your, cause what's really the real bag when you've got like that beautiful feed is when you also have important information. Like when your content is like full circle good, where it's not just a really nice photo, but it's just like, okay, here's what this experience was or here what that did. Right. So I say all that to say that sometimes I just am curious as to what things look like. You see it in a book, you hear about it in, you know, stories or you see it on a movie and you want to know what it looks like next to you or how big is the Colosseum? How big is the Parthenon? The Colosseum is fucking huge. It's huge. Another thing was I wasn't paying for that tour. I did not want to pay to go in. So I walked around at the time. I just was not that interested in going, walking up to the outside, walking around, uh, seeing for seeing it for what it was and being able to touch the wall was good. The fuck enough for me. I did not need to have that moment where I got the shot. Right. And that's what I felt about like the mouth of truth. I think I might've called it seven different things at this point, but I wasn't going to wait on the line just to get a picture. That's not my thing. I, I don't like waiting on lines. And I can't say there are too many things that I have ever waited on a line to take a... I've waited on a line for experiences and taken experiences for those pictures, uh, taken pictures of those experiences. But like, I, I, I really don't think I've ever like waited outside of like a okay, you're standing in front of this and there's like a couple of people that were here before me. Like that kind of waiting where you wait your turn to get like a nice open shot of like Niagara Falls or of a waterfall or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a, there is a, uh, a stanchion that is for us to stand behind and there are attendants that are, okay, now it's your turn. You step up. Here you go. Put your hand in picture. Thank you. And next, I wasn't doing that. Um, that's, that's, it's not me. It's not me. I'm, uh, but is it you? That might be your bet. And a lot of those things you come across, oh my God, here this is, I have this opportunity. Fucking go for it. But just know like what your tolerance for certain thing is, certain things is. I know that um, patience isn't exactly one of my strong virtues in situations that I um, am not very invested in. If it's something that I were invested in, yes, I would absolutely wait for it. But that being said, um, a lot of times you build up something in your head and then when it's less than what you anticipated, you realize, oh, I don't, I don't need this. I took a picture from the other side of the gate. Like I think I put my hand through the gate 
got a picture without the, you know, the gate part being in the photo. Like I stuck the, my phone through the gate, took a picture and was satisfied. Like I waited till there was a break in the line when one person was walking away and another person was walking up. That's when I took the shot. I got my picture. It worked out. Um, what's next on the list? Oh, I've mentioned this one before. So another thing that I just missed was being able to book my desert. I won't say tour because it wasn't really a tour. Like, do you get a tour of the ocean? No. So how are you going to get a tour of the desert, right? But it kind of was. Like We went on a really bomb car ride and the car is um, super light. Well, see, I don't want to say it's super light because it's a regular ass fucking car. But I know that my driver was telling me that there are different vehicles that are outfitted so that you can drive even more haphazardly, if you will. But the car in particular that we were in, it is designed, not designed, because this one in particular wasn't. Um, what I do know they did is they lit, they take some of the air off the tires. So you drive with a certain amount of air on like the roads, but then to get through the snow, I think they needed less air or something. Oh, not the snow, the sand. I don't know. Anyway, I booked that. Well, I was in Qatar. I stayed in the capital Doha desert. I was looking to do that desert tour right on the camel. And I'd seen it on Expedia for like $70. Well, I missed that window for booking. I've spoken about this quite a few times. Um, if you know you want to do something, and but at the same time, if you're not certain that you want to book it too far out in advance, because that could also work against you, what I would suggest is going onto whatever app you would like to use, maybe trying out multiple apps, and looking to see what the window for the soonest you can do an activity is. If I know I'm going to be someplace from Monday to Wednesday and there's an activity that I am interested in doing, um, but that activity needs to be booked two days in advance, I can't now get there on, I can't look at the app on Tuesday expecting to be able to book something for the next day. So while you can book a lot of things next day, sometimes you can't book shit for next day. Sometimes you have to have a day, two, three, yes, like three or four days in advance. And unfortunately, I could not find anywhere to book for that experience for the next day or even the same day. Damn, did I actually wait for same day? I don't know if I was that dumb. I think I was starting to look prior. I think I started looking the day before and couldn't find anything. I ended up just calling concierge. I called downstairs to the front desk. They ended up hooking me up. They had somebody that they could, that they had come for me and do the tour. However, I spent like over three times as much. I think I spent almost $300 on the experience. Was it worth it? Yes. However, it was almost 300 fucking dollars. I, that was, Wow. Right. For one thing, one day, um, I am not in the uh, market for like one thing, one experience being like three hundred dollars. Generally, the most I'll spend on like a day tour is like two hundred. And that's like 
it's got to be something wow, you know? It's got to be something, whoa, I get to see, like, one or two other countries. Because honestly, if you get to go to another country for $100, or if you do, I think I did, like, a three-country day tour. I did that in Barcelona. From Barcelona, we went to northern Spain, then we went to Andorra, and then we went to southern France. I think I spent, like, 120 or something like that on that. So... I got to see two extra countries and the other side of the country that I was in. So I was able to see a lot for almost a hundred dollars. So yes, sometimes spending more than $50 on an experience, absolutely worth it. Like there, I was, I've been to France. I've been to Andorra. When else are you going to go to fucking Andorra? You don't just like take a trip to Andorra unless that's your thing. But like, I feel like Andorra is like a transitory kind of country. It's very tiny. It's between Spain and France and when we went, the only reason why we went was to do duty-free shopping, which was a time. It was a time. It's giving me um, Fifth Avenue, but like better scenery. There are mountains. It's beautiful. It's fucking gorgeous out there. You're surrounded by the French Pyrenees. Great fucking time. And then there's a ton of stores. Um, so yeah, I... I can very much so say that a couple hundred dollars on um, a shorter amount of time or even that that one was like an 18 hour day. But other than that, like a couple hundred dollars for the right amount of time to do the right event is absolutely worth it. But in this case, I could have done it for so much less had I planned in advance. So I just missed like a fiscally responsible decision. However, it was absolutely worth it. I had such a good fucking time. Like that's one of those experiences I'll never fucking forget. God willing. Um, but definitely was worth it. But again, I would have loved to have been able to do that for a little bit less, way less. What is the next one I had on here? Northern lights. So I've seen the Northern lights, but I've seen them in Norway. And honestly, I don't think my experience would have gotten better than it was. However, I had tried to um, do it prior um i was in alberta my homegirl had a trip planned out there and we spent so much time working on and planning this trip and in hindsight there are so many people that are so much better than me at planning trips and doing the research and digging around i don't enjoy that um that's another reason why i feel like a lot of my travels are very laid back are very like introspective. What do I need? What does my spirit feel like doing? Like I know in certain areas, there are things that I have access to that I'm unable to generally do. So I'm for the most part aware of, all right, well, if I'm going to be here, all right, well, we're going to be in Bali. All right, well, I want to see some waterfalls. Let's, we're going to be in Mexico. Um, let's go to see, let's see some cenotes. Like let's do, let's do shit. But I'm also really not the one to speak want to spend more, I don't want to spend eight hours in a day, like cross-referencing notes with someone. And while I loved the trip that we had and I loved my girl, I remember being stressed through that planning. And we tried so hard to plan for an opportunity to see the Northern Lights, since it's a very, very strong possibility in the area that we were in, in Canada. However, we also knew that where we were staying, there may be a lot of light pollution because we were staying in the city. We stayed in Banff. There is a 
what they call, um, I think it's called a dark sky reserve. And I want to say it was about six hours from where we were. And a dark sky reserve is just means it's fucking remote. Like you drive out into the middle of nothingness, whether it be a desert, whether it be the woods, the forest, jungle. I don't know the distinct, distinct difference. I just know that a rainforest is very wet. And I feel like rainforest and jungle are similar, but like a forest and the woods are a little bit drier. So it's like, a, it's not a tropical climate. I feel like that's the difference. Don't know for certain. Anyway, we were planning on seeing the Northern Lights. And that was really the one thing that like I was like expressing. That's really all I want to do on this trip. Like I'm down to do whatever the fuck else you want to do, girl. Wherever you tell me we're going is where we're going to go. Thankfully, she knew like all the really bomb, beautiful, picturesque, like tourist spots. And by tourist spots, I mean Yolo Park. I mean, Lake Louise, I mean, Emerald Lake, like there are such incredibly beautiful landscapes out there. Like I cannot express enough to you, like how beautiful Banff, and all this is in like cold weather. We went, I think in October. So it was cold. Like there was snow, like full snow gear. Um, and by snow gear, I just mean like leggings, sweats, um, thermal shirt, long sleeve shirt, hoodie. And my, like we dressed in layers because when you're hiking, you're going to get hot. I don't give a fuck how cold it is. You start doing enough physical exertion, some physical activity and you heat up. So another pro tip, dress in layers when you are going to be outside, but also active. That being said, we spent so long driving to this dark sky reserve and it fucking started raining. We ended up getting maybe handful of hours away from where we said we were kind of going to like call it quits like to where that park was in particular we toyed with the idea of maybe staying out there since it was like a six hour drive one way um i think we made it four hours out and then it started raining we had no signal where we were at that point we were getting on each other's nerves i was so fucking disappointed because we didn't get to see the northern lights we had driven so fucking long and i think i had the drive out there i drove us out there and we drove 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 and so like we needed to take a break get something to eat and just like okay like we'll figure this out and see how if we want to keep going because the weather was just not going well it was cloud it was very cloudy And dark or not, you know, when the clouds are really heavy, you're not going to be able to see, um, you're not going to be able to see it as clearly as you'd like. And so we ended up pulling the plug after spending almost six hours trying to make it happen. We tried to make Fetch happen and it didn't. I was so upset by that. I don't think we talked that much that day. (laughs) We were already like getting on each other's nerves. And I was just so disappointed. I was hungry. And you know how you get to the point? Well, I was hangry for one. But then you know how you get to the point where you wait so long to eat that you have like a gas bubble and like you just can't enjoy your food. And so it's just like I had cramps. The food was trash where we were. We ended up like out of all the shit that was there, I think I ended up only being the only thing that looked palatable to me was like French fries. So I ate French fries. Like that's what I ate for the day. And so we got back. We may have had like a really nice breakfast, probably, because I feel like we stopped for breakfast very frequently at this one spot. But 
Long and the short, I was so fucking disappointed because I was really, and at this time I'd never seen the Northern Lights. So I was really banking on it. Like I live in the city. I'm never going to see it down where I'm at. So I was really, really banking on this being the trip, but it wasn't. It wasn't. So yeah, I, I missed out on, and it wasn't that we didn't try. We put the time and the effort into it. It just didn't happen. We ended up having to pull the plug and I missed it. So that was a really, dis- um, that was a disappointing one. Uh, another one that I missed was Machu Picchu in Peru. So I didn't plan for it in advance and I stayed in, oh, I can't remember. I want to say it's got an, it starts with an M, but I stayed in, hi, I want to say it was in Lima. I cannot remember what the name of it. But I was, I wasn't that close to Machu Picchu, and if I wanted to do the like the trip, I would have needed to book it to do it like on one of the first because it was like a two. All of the options that I was coming across were because of where I was were going to be like two days or so. It'd be like a two day tour, and it just wasn't feasible for where I was. I didn't plan in advance. Like I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't put enough into the planning of that because I absolutely could have done Machu Picchu in Peru. But the opportunity, because of the way my timing and the way I scheduled it, it wasn't viable for me at the time. So I made it all the way out there and didn't get to experience that. Now, I will say that that was a little disappointing, but at the same time, it wasn't. So when you think about, and I've actually done an episode on sustainable travel. I'll probably do another one because I feel like I can really, um, I feel like there's another direction that I could go with it that I've been thinking about. We'll get back to that. Um, but, um, when, if you watch a documentary on sustainable travel, if you watch a movie about it, or, you know, you come across an article, one thing that I've consistently seen in a lot of different spots is that, Machu Picchu is, and I'd also heard it, I think while I was out there even, that they were going to be closing in a few years due to over-tourism. So on the one hand, I would have loved to see it. But then on the other hand, it's just like, do you want to be a contributor to running down and like deteriorating and somewhat destroying like a natural wonder, like a naturally beautifully occurring thing. And not just something because it's pretty, right? But because it's got a lot of meaning for a lot of people. So on the one hand, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see it or experience it. But on the other hand, all right, well, I also didn't ruin a good thing. You know, I didn't contribute to um, what may be over touristing or over oversaturating, um, not markets because it's not a market. Well, it, it can be a market. The currency is exchange of beauty and heart. Um, but I didn't contribute to making it deteriorate any faster. And I don't know if that's just like a consolation prize, something I tell myself to make myself feel better. But it works. 
Um, and to wrap it up, what I will say is, I'd like to end it on a good note. Two things that happened that while the experiences that I was reflecting on this episode were for the most part shit that I missed out on, I still enjoyed all of those trips. Like there wasn't a single one of those trips that I mentioned that ended up being trash. I've never had a bad trip. Hmm, that's what she said. I've never had a bad trip. Also because I don't use drugs. But I've never had a bad trip because it is what you make it. Travel is so much more than vacation. And if you let yourself get caught up in the, it's kind of like a wedding, right? I mentioned that I started rewatching Tia and Tamara, their reality show that they did back in like the early, not in the teens of the 2000s, I want to say. Um, I got to look that year up, but it's kind of like a wedding. If you get so lost in the details and you end up being a bridezilla, you don't get to enjoy the moment for what it is. Like you miss out on the fact that you're supposed to be marrying your person. You're supposed to be, you know, enjoying the moment for the beauty in what is supposed to be your union and not throwing a party for other people. Like you can enjoy and really be committed to throwing a good party for other people, but your wedding is supposed to be like your day, right? And so people really spend so much time convincing themselves that because it's their day, they have to stress themselves out to make it perfect. And I feel like that's what happens with vacations for some people. You spend so much time trying to make it perfect that you just don't make it right. Like, just enjoy it. It's so, Travel is so much more than vacation. There's nothing wrong with vacationing right? We're not doing, um, travel shaming. Um, we're not saying, oh, you vacation, I travel. We're not doing that, but there's a difference, right? I feel like all inclusive resorts, that's a vacation. I feel like staying in an Airbnb or a, you know, cause it's not that staying in a hotel is not traveling, but I personally prefer Air- prefer Airbnbs because it lets me feel like I am immersed in a community and not a commodity. Um, unfortunately, many Airbnbs have just become commodities and the initial richness of sharing spaces is not the same. That's another episode. But... Um, yeah, it's it don't get lost in the planning. Don't get lost in the execution. Plan shit out so that you're safe and that you feel comfortable. But at the same time, like don't get so wrapped up in the experience that you're not there for the experience. And that's another reason why I'm not that invested in the shot, in the picture because I want to enjoy myself. Like I want to remember these things for myself. Like Phones crash, photos get lost, but God willing, memories don't. I want to be able to remember what was going on firsthand and not have to have like a secondhand memory by looking at a picture and saying, huh, what did this feel like? What was this like? Sometimes you look at a picture and you're just like, I remember going. I mean, I had fun, but what did it feel like outside of that, right? Like what, where was I? And so that's why I always like to remind you travels more than vacation because I want you to get those experiences like really 
tap in and be there for yourself and give yourself the opportunity to like really get the most of that opportunity that you have in travel. Um, so that being said, positive note, Bermuda was my first trip. It ended up, I missed out on Martinique, but this time I made fetch happen. And I actually went to Bermuda, had an incredible time, numerous different reasons, but one of the, I won't say most exciting, but one of the more convenient what reasons that I enjoyed that stay was because there actually was an all-inclusive option at the hotel. Now, mind you, I'd already gone and eaten local and enjoyed myself and the all-inclusive. Now, this is how I can get behind all-inclusives. When your drinks are included and there's room service, that's what I'll sign up for an an all-inclusive for. They had the absolute best escargot I've ever had in my life. Granted, I've only had escargot from probably three different places. The one, the consistently, I think I ordered like three different orders of the shit in Bermuda. It was that good. Best I've ever had in my life. Um, So the escargot there, the pizza was trash. Absolute horrific. I tried to get through a slice, couldn't do it. The rest of the shit went to the trash. I'm sorry, but what am I do? Just call people back and be like, yo, I don't like it. Do you want it? Who wants that, Right. But I ended up being able to get an all-inclusive package um, on my last three days on the trip. The manager looked out for me because I was like on the third to last day. And generally you needed like three days before they could give you that. And I think it was like $100 a day. Um, But I had already spent like $60 in drinks. So it was just like, oh, so you mean I could spend an extra $40 and then get like that escargot? Uh, I could get like whatever other little, honestly, it was just escargot and pizza that they would do for room service. But that means that I could have ordered shit. And I want to say that bomb ass, uh, omelet bar was included too. The breakfast was good too there. That was really good. I love an omelet bar. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting the all inclusive option. My drinks were included for the end, the remaining of the, um, the trip, which was really, really incredible. Um, and it was just the niceties of it all, right? The the kindness of the bartender that was serving me in our conversation. He looked out. He was just like, here's an option. Do you know it's an option to you? Let's give it a shot. And the manager, we were having a conversation. We talked about what I did back home. And he was really cool. And he was just like, all right, don't worry about it. Because this was, mind you, the end of the day. So he was just, we'll retroactively all the stuff that I did or that I'd already ordered and consumed at the bar comped it. And at that point I was at like 60, $80. So it was just like, well, this is great. And I knew that I could keep going and I could order some more and then just continue my little party in my room. So it ended up being a fucking win that I was really pleased with. And the other time that I have was Hartford boyfriend and I have had the best fucking road trips. And one of my favorites was Hartford. Hartford was such a fucking surprise. It's, yes, the Connecticut Hartford. Um, We went up to see my little cousin, Abe, perform, uh, who's actually the artist that did my intro for me, uh, my intro theme song for the podcast. Um, He's the artist that did that. And he's an incredibly, incredibly talented artist. If you need a point of reference, I personally would say Childish Gambino. Um, so 
super fan. That being said, we went out there to see him perform and we were actually there at the same time as Hartford Jazz Fest. So I actually ended up meeting one of the bands or somebody that was performing that night. Um, and after we ate, we saw, well, we ate, changed, no, we ate, went to the concert, um, went for a round of drinks. And as we were finishing up the night, we went on the walk back to the hotel. We were right by the park where the jazz fest was and we could hear all the live music. We had a really cute romantic like dance under a street light in an empty parking lot, which was oh, cute or whatever. So that was a nice little moment we had for ourselves. Um, and then we decided to just walk to the fucking park because it was right there and we could hear the music and we ended up enjoying some live music, some performances that were going on, totally had no fucking clue that it was going on. We could hear the music from our hotel room, but not to the extent that it was like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, offensive, annoying, or disruptive, right? Um, so we were literally a block away from the park and it made for like a nice filler. So the next day we ended up going back to the park, more live event. Well, we ended up doing brunch first and then we went back to the park and we, there were vendors. We walked around, bought some shit, more music. It was such a good fucking time. And it was all a surprise. So, um, one, if you can, plan for a trip around, you know, an event, a local activity, bazaar, fair, whatever. Um, especially if you're doing like domestic travel and this applies for whatever country you're in, look at different events that are happening, happening, happening in, um, especially for road trips, look at what is going on citywide, right? Like I'm not far from Philly. So does Philly have like a Philly food week? Or that was another thing. We went to Philly during fucking restaurant week. So one of the, I think it was Bank and Bourbon. We, since we were there for restaurant week, we ended up being able to do the, uh, that menu that they had. So, huh, cheaper plates. So definitely look into like little things that are going on. If you can, like if you can plan your trip around that bomb. Um, but if you say have a week that you have off or a weekend that you want to do a road trip and you have a couple of options between a couple of different places, check out which, you know, city has something going on that you can do for free or something going on that outside of the touristy things that you want to do, whether that be museums, whether it be um, shops, um, activities or whatever, look and see if there is something going on in the neighborhood that you can actually partaken. Um, so that actually ended up being a win. So while there were plenty of disappointments, I have also had things that I ended up really, really coming into without fucking knowing it. So shit goes wrong. Shit goes right. Either way, that's your trip. Make the most of the experience. Um, so two fun announcements. First, I got my first trademark. Traveling shit is trademarked. I am um, wild excited about that. It cost me quite a bit. Um, and it not just financially, but like, I didn't do it myself. I'm not that girl. 
I hired an attorney. Shout out to my attorney, um, Lemworth James. If you are interested in someone, um, an IP attorney, international, um, international intellectual property attorney, if you are looking for one, um, whether you need a, what do you call it? A trademark LLC. Like he's helped me out with all of that. So all of like the legal needs that I have such a bomb black guy. He's actually my brother's best friend. So I am absolutely partial, but when it comes to spending large amounts of money, family or not, like I want to go with somebody that I trust and I definitely trusted him with my money. So, um, 10 out of 10, highly recommend. Thank you, Lenny, for helping me through that. We're working on some other things, um, but I have my first trademark and I'm very excited about that. I'm proud of myself because um, I take travel and shit serious. And oh, the other announcement was my first live episode, my first live show. I am doing it virtually, virtually. Um, because by the nature of it being a travel podcast, I would love for my international audience to be able to attend. And there are a lot of y'all. Um, Hey y'all. That being said, it's virtual. It is going to be on August 21st. That is a Sunday. It'll be 10 AM Eastern time. And if you are interested, there is a link in the description box of wherever you listen to this, or you can go to travel and ship podcast.com. There'll be a limp, a limp. A link, I'm about to say a leak. <laughs> There's going to be a link in the description box so that you can RSVP to the show and get the link for the um for the event. I will have um Shira of Black Girl World Traveler, I'll have Wanda of Black Women Travel Podcast, and Nay Marie of Taji Magazine. We will be having a Baldwin conversation, if you will, back episode 181, I discussed with you guys um, about literature and how it influences how I see my experiences on my trips. And also in a lot of ways, it inspires me and um, motivates me to want to see different environments and cities, countries, different places, right? Um, but there's a particular Baldwin essay, the discovery of what it means to be an American that really got me to questioning how I experience myself outside of my blackness, outside of me identifying as a black end, right? Black, anything, black woman, black, uh, podcaster, um, a black queer, a black, um, creative, just black, right? Like think of all the spaces that you find yourself in where blackness comes up. Outside of all of that, who am I? So where does blackness fall on my hierarchy of self, right? And I really got to thinking about it and I didn't want to have that conversation like by myself. I didn't want to have it in an empty room. Like I didn't want to have it in a box. I definitely wanted dialogue and I didn't want to leave you guys out of the conversation. So the live event will be the four of us um, having this conversation and also opening up the space for you guys to interact with us, the hosts and the guests, and give your two cents. So this is your opportunity to get involved with the show also. 
And I'm looking forward to that. So that again is Sunday, August 21st at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, definitely find the link, RSVP, and I will see you guys there. And um, that's it for this week. I am so very grateful for my health. I am glad that I'm feeling so much better and um, glad I was able to get you guys this episode as well. So I will see you guys next week. All right. Bye, y'all.